This is three women and a bottle of wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. Delving into whatever interests us. News, not news. What affects our lives? Because it's probably affecting yours too. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Well, hello everyone. Thanks for joining us and listening to Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. I'm Kim Inslee. And it has been a year of unprecedented chaos. Yes, it has. I'm Lynn Melling. How have you been handling this new normal? We've talked about it on several of our podcasts, but we haven't really dug in to what it means financially for organizations that raise money to help the greater good in some way. Yep. And so today our guest is someone who can provide a snapshot of what it's like to try to maintain a nonprofit during these exceptionally challenging economic and emotional times. Dr. Turner Berg joins us to discuss massive amounts of good. Welcome, Dr. Berg. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. What an honor. Oh, thanks for being here. Do you have your wine? We're going to do a virtual virtual toast real quickly. Virtual toast. Everybody's got their wine. Because if we're going to talk money, you have to have a glass of wine. (laughs) Well, Turner, of course, being in business, I dug into your LinkedIn a little bit. So Dr. Berg, as an EDD... Director of Admissions and Recruitment at Hennepin Technical College. Awesome. And so when you aren't wearing that higher education superhero cape, and it is a superhero cape, you put on another superhero cape, and that is founder and executive director of Massive Amounts of Good. Right. So first off, how did that all come about? And tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Yeah. Well, um, I've always been super interested in the creative process um, and the creative process applied outside of traditional creativity. Um, and so I, I've had the uh, opportunity to live across, in a, multiple states across the country. And at one point in my life around 2011, I was in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I was the president of an art and design school there and just right inside of sort of the resurgence of Detroit, but just at the very beginning of that. So coming out of some really uh, tough years in that city, um, right around the time uh, the mayor went to federal prison and not too long after that, of course, the state took over um, control over the finances of the city. Um, And so, or the federal government even, I think. Um, But at that time, Uh, I had some creative friends. I used to be a uh, touring musician and actor as well before I got into education and had some friends that uh, had gained some national spotlight and we had opportunities in Detroit to uh, connect with the community in a really significant way through the creative process, bridging gaps uh, both financially and spiritually and emotionally with people that would move you and, and changed my life. And so at, at that time, we said to ourselves, how can we create an organization that sole purpose is to harness the creative process to, to create good in the communities that we're within and also provide a vehicle for both other nonprofits and creators to bridge together. So we sort of are a dot connector where we'll work with a nonprofit then bring our creative team on board, and then uh, everybody moves forward with the mission. And so that's how we got started with it. And it's been uh, an amazing ride and definitely a a very group 
um, uh, organization and group oriented uh, action. Wow, that's incredible. So you're helping people who are struggling. Um, now we're in this COVID crisis where a lot more of us are struggling. Um, can you talk about, and for, any, if for an organization that relies on donations and you know, help from others, how, how is your nonprofit and these other groups that you're connected with, how are you guys navigating this um, really scary time economically? Right. Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a really insightful question. And I think um, in some ways, I'd be remiss to think that I can fully answer it, especially, right, it feels like we're the, at the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning, or I'm not sure what's happening right now. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Wish we uh, knew. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think that for a lot of nonprofits, things are on pause. Uh, in a lot of ways, especially those that uh, maybe struggle in the digital realm um, and are regrouping just like all businesses are regrouping, just like higher education is regrouping. But I also think that, you know, nonprofits in a time of crisis are as strong as they were pre-crisis. So when you have a strong foundation and an active uh, volunteer group and people that really believe and you truly nurtured that right that tends to then potentially even uh, increase engagement mm. in a time like this and especially when you can connect a dot to people in need yeah so maybe not money but manpower you, you get a little bit more of that in a time like this right and, and volunteers right and potentially money I mean if you have uh, active donors Mm -hmm. I think now is would be a time where you'd engage those donors and potentially they'd be in a position to say, absolutely, I want to give. Um, and especially now, you know. You know, Turner, it is such a, a dynamic time, such a fluid time. Is there a sense of angst that you sense among the, the nonprofit and other communities? Or do you think people are really banding together and rallying for one another and you're you have a strong sense of maybe some confidence that you're going to be able to ride this out. Right. Well, I think, Julie, you touch on a really interesting thing, and that is when you're, you know, committed in, in the nonprofit sector, a time like this is a giant moment to activate. I mean, I, I spoke to a number of the folks that have been involved in our organization, and we had conversations about how lucky we felt that we had the tools that we have and that we have the, you know, the experiences we've had and how now is the time where really we've been prepping for now. It's hard not to go to that analogy like, okay, this has all been practice at this point mm. to yeah. where now we really are in a moment where if we don't step up and, and, and do anything we can, then frankly, I would question our legitimacy. Like literally, I would question you know, what, what we're truly doing if we're not activating now. I didn't get too deep into your website, Turner, but deep enough to see, and, and you mentioned it in the, in the beginning here, um, a lot of what you do is working with some of the artists that you've met uh, over time. And so there have been music events and, and some video things as well. And as I look at, you know, this whole virtual world that we're all living in, um, a lot of artists across the world coming together uh, with video events, 
that are helping others. So is that possibly an outlet for your organization, massive amounts of good? Mm -hmm. I know you're used to performing live, right? So, right. you know, you might be at the caboose or something like that. Um, has there been some thought that, that that could be an outlet for you? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, we defaulted immediately to that and actually um, kicked into gear a weekly live stream with the creators that we're involved in um, to, to promote. Uh, we, we it, you know, launched a um, food emergency fund for creative individuals and restaurant workers who have lost their jobs due to the crisis. And, uh, and we used our digital platform as well as a number of the folks involved in our organization have very sizable Facebook followings and mm. Twitter followings in the tens of thousands. So one of the interesting pieces of the puzzle for us is there's equity there, right? It's and, very similar following as what we have. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, and so you know, it's 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 one of those moments where what can creators give back? I mean, I think we've all seen the flood of creativity to the online space, um, and uh, a lot of engagement in that creativity. And so the folks I'm connected to have been extremely active and extremely willing to um, donate back to the organization, even in their time of need, because it's a unique aggregate of folks, right, that are out of work. There's no two ways about it, unless you're writing jingles. And I don't know how many jingles are getting ordered right now. Mm -hmm. But if you're a live performer, especially with original music, which are a lot of our folks, you literally have no job, no, no gigs and no future gigs. So to see that community uh, give their art, and it really has been give um, and, and not expect return, but you know, get some return there in the digital space has been amazing. Can you think about this? Oh, I'm sorry, Lynn, go ahead. You can go ahead, Julie. I was just going to ask if he thinks that this entire, um, I'm going to do air quotes around crisis. It just seems to be our go-to word. But do you think it's really had people, can, you love the creative process. We are all journalists. We love the creative process as well. I see so many creative ways people are reaching out on digital platforms, free concerts on Facebook, Facebook lives, setting up like GoFundMe sites or tip jars using Venmo. I mean, in a way, Turner, I'd love to just hear from you. Do you think this is kind of like the best of all worlds and the worst of all worlds? Where, how would you classify this? Wow. Um, uh, well, as an educator, I get a little bit excited because talk about the education that, you know, certainly our culture um, and a lot of cultures in the world are getting in how to communicate digitally, how to take an online class, uh, all of those things that will have real lasting impacts on our culture are happening. And I think in the creative arts and musician world, there definitely have been a lot of folks that have had a reawakening to the fact that that's a legitimate way to uh, share their art to a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm in that weird space where I had a whole life before even cell phones and internet. And so I tended to default back to seeing art live. Like that's just, I, I try to be cognizant of my own wiring 
I'm I feel like Gen Xers should have t-shirts that say, I've been in a whole weird space my whole entire life. Amen to that. As a Gen Xer, oh man, we were like made for COVID-19 crisis, I feel like. Our whole childhood was really I agree with you more. Get me back a touch tone phone. That's good. So you mentioned restaurant workers and, and gig workers and things like that. Is there anything, and I'll preface by saying, I'm not sure where we'll be in this whole deal when this podcast publishes, but is there anything going on right now where people who are interested in massive amounts of good can be helpful right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we have a food emergency fund where we've been giving out $50 food stipends to um, folks that have lost employment in the creative arts and hospitality world. Uh, and so you can check out our Facebook page and uh, share that information out with your network if, if that doesn't impact you directly. Or of course, you if it does impact you directly, it's a real simple application. We're all about free and simple with what we do. Uh, Mass Amounts of Good has no overhead, no payroll. Like we operate 100% volunteer in and out, which really makes things a lot simpler and a lot, I think it gives people confidence that their funds are going in the right place. And the uh, folks looking for this $50 stipend email us with just frankly their situation as much detail as they wanna provide or as little as they wanna provide. And then uh, as funds are available and their situation fits, we uh, PayPal that $50 right over. And it's been, it's been a mixed bag of emotions, I must say, as those applications have come in. Um, that $50 is a lot of times the difference also between eating poorly and eating well, or at least healthy. Yeah. And so not necessarily complete food insecurity, but being able to feed your kids those uh, vegetables that and fruits that you want to feed them as somebody that you know is heavily involved in the food world and culinary arts world that's another one of my passions and something massive amounts of good has done for a long time and that is promote healthy eating and if this fifty dollar food grant can help folks do that we want to give it yeah I'd, I'd love to know too turner speaking of hunger and appetite i feel like during a crisis like this there is an increased appetite for art to either produce it or consume it. Are you seeing people who or normally aren't maybe, you know, very passionate about music or art? Are you, are you seeing an influx of interest in it right now? A bigger demand? That's a really great question. I think that I could speak from what I feel. I don't know if you guys would agree, but I know I feel and folks that obviously are very tuned into art also feel and that is a recognition of the value to our lives of the creative experience, whether that's painting or going to a museum or going to a concert in the park. Those things, I think we'd be remiss not to say. I know even for me, who's an avid music goer and heavily involved in that scene, I'm not sure I even respected it to the level that now when I go to that first concert and I'm in huh. tears, yeah, <laughs> you know, and hopefully it's hard to even get in a club or, or, or concert for a long time, because I think that we've really realized that the arts are what enrich our lives. And um, without that, there's a hole there. 
And yet people are reaching out, talking about creativity. They're, the Lower Town Art Crawl is being done virtually this year. So there is still some effort right. to try to bring art and beauty into people's lives. Okay. Do you think it's the same, though? I mean, is it the same as going to Art in Bloom? and Or do you, do you think it's okay? I'm just curious. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. But I think it's absolutely not the same. And um, again, I hope this isn't my Gen X heritage. <laughs> Your skepticism shining. <laughs> right. I just, there's something about experiencing people and the energy of, of art and creativity and music in a group setting where the energy of the room is connecting people that you just can't replicate, at least not yet, for in my humble opinion, over the airwaves. Now, I think we're seeing the creators must create. And the, the fact that it's online is not gonna stop that community. I mean, it's a, it's a need. When you're a creative person and an artist and you put that much time and heart and soul into that, you're gonna create in a pandemic. I, I, you know. I totally agree. I mean, if you go to any live performance, obviously they are feeding off the art artist. I feel an obligation when I go to a live performance to be a good theater, you know, for me, it's usually theater, you know, a good theater patron. Um, but what I have felt, um, I've been seeing some people give again and again, like Billie Eilish and Phineas, her brother, keep popping up in everything. I'm like, these guys are on the top of the world, right? All the Grammys they won. And they're just showing up again and again and again and again in big things and little things. Um, I think because of a connection to people, which this is all about, you know, it's, it's a different connection, but it's what we have and, and what we have to share together. So I see a tremendous value in that. Agreed, Kim. Turner, I'm curious, when this is all done, Kim, Kim and Lynn and I have talked about this. Do you think you're going to, what will you be most grateful for? Mm -hmm. um, well, I've got That's sending your kids back to school. <laughs> I've got two little ones, Julie. Yes. Uh, my little ones are seven and 10. And I think the, the number one thing for me as a father is that we're, you know, they get to return to some type of, you know, normalcy in, in how they interact with, people at the park, you know, we have to walk by the park and not climb on the park equipment. And, uh, you know, that just, to me is a fundamental piece of my world is that they get to, you know, live a life that is rich with experience like that. So when we can do that and go and be in public and, you know, go to Bolero or, you know, go to the uh, lake and not worry about, you know, anything, go to the beach and the park, that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Turner, this is where we like to take a little bit of a break. We're going to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, the final flight. Three Women and a Bottle of Wine is supported by 515 Productions. 515 Productions is a video production business with base camps in Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. Ian and his crew understand the art of creative storytelling, and they know how to make video look fantastic. Learn more at 515productions.com. Our logo was created by Aaliyah DeSaltz, a creativity guru offering art workshops to everyone from business executives to book clubs because we all have untapped creative potential just waiting to be unleashed. You can find her contact information on our website. 
You can stay up to date on our podcast by checking out our website, threewomenandabottleofwine.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll find behind-the-scenes photos and, of course, much, much more. Be sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with Dr. Turner Berg with Massive Amounts of Good, the name of his nonprofit. It's our final flight. Turner, this is our chance to fire off three quick questions to get to know you just a little bit better. So you head up a not-for-profit, but I want to know if you're comfortable saying, if you had a preferred nonprofit, who would you donate to or who do you like to donate to? Mm, Who do I like to donate to? Um... Open Arms of Minnesota has been one that I've been active with in the past that I've uh, took some of my teams in my uh, professional life there to volunteer and also had the opportunity to deliver some meals for them and and their mission is amazing. So I love them and also Chef Lucas Food, who's a young man I met uh, a number of years ago who's a cancer survivor and now has a food truck and drives around and feeds the people are two that I just love to participate in and donate to. And speaking of chefs and food, so we hear that you were at one time the president of La Cordon Bleu College of Culinary Arts. Is this correct? That is true, yeah. Okay, so um, we all love food. What is your favorite thing to cook? Oh, favorite thing to cook. That's super easy. Uh, For me, it's scratch pasta. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Just you know, whip up some. <laughs> that does no, not really. sound easy. It you know, uh, it, it's something that you do need the right equipment for and need to run through a few times. But when you get it down, there's just no substitute for scratch pasta. And you may or may not know one of the other things I do is uh, I work for NBC on Shop HQ, and I actually sell uh, food equipment on the Home Shopping Network. Essentially, hmm. and one of the things I got to sell on there was a scratch pasta maker and demo that for them on air. Nice. So fun, so scary, but so good and so great for a family to have. Nothing tastes as good. We, I, we did like birthday parties involving make your own pasta and the kids loved it. Okay, last question for you, Turner. You're from Wisconsin. You live in Minnesota. So Packers or Vikings? Uh, well, my stock answer to that is always, if I wasn't a Packer fan, you should question me and probably not have had me on this uh, <laughs> wonderful podcast because I would be highly suspect. I grew up in Wisconsin and it's mandatory that you're a Packer fan. <laughs> we'll forgive you. I uh, No, you're not forgiven for that one, but that's okay. Uh, Turner, we really, really appreciate you joining us today. That wraps up this particular episode of Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. Yes, thank you to Turner Berg, and thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time. And real quick, Turner, before we let you go, we can find your organization online at? Yes, massiveamountsofgood.org or .com. Woohoo! Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Appreciate you.